0: What's going on, guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Monday, so time to go over the top waiver wire ads for Week Five. We do still have a game tonight, but the odds are fairly low in that one that we're going to get like a top waiver ad. If anything happens, I'll update it on the website. But I'm not expecting anything major to come tonight. Game, so we'll go position by position, talking about the top ads at each position and then i'll close the video as a lot of you suggest each week i'll go over some players that i would be fine dropping in most formats if you play in a deeper league or like a really really competitive 12 team league where maybe a lot of the players we talk about today are already rostered that is okay you can just look at the rest of season rankings uh when they're posted tomorrow they're posted like you know afternoon night on tuesdays on my website thefansfootballadvice.com and you can also see over there exactly how much fab i would spend on all the players we go over today so let's start things off with the running back position where I think there are more total names than last week but there weren't big names this week so like last week we had Jamal Williams we had Herbert we had Madison who early in the week we thought maybe could be the starter uh turns out that Cook did end up playing but we had some like big time names it was like you're adding them and you're putting them right in your starting lineup this week there's a lot of players we're gonna go over but I would say the clear number one is Naheem Hines, and I still wouldn't view him in the same light as I did Herbert and, I guess, Madison at the time, and then Jamal Williams last week. Um, I know a lot of people also have dropped Naheem Hines since he was only really getting targets. He wasn't getting very many carries. Obviously, he was someone... You know, if you were in like a half PPR format, it wasn't as valuable as full PPR. But, of course, we see him now this week. Probably, I would say, most people's number one ad. Uh, Gains a lot of value if Jonathan Taylor misses. As of recording this, we don't exactly know how severe the ankle injury is for Taylor. But they play on Thursday. So, given that, you know, he has this injury today, or I guess yesterday, for them to throw him out there on Thursday with very little time to recover... It makes sense that even if it's a minor injury, if it's not like a, I guess, high ankle sprain, it's very unlikely he's going to be out there on Thursday. But even if it's like, you know, just a medium-grade ankle sprain, like, you would just think that they would hold him out, give him like a full, you know, two weeks to recover, bring him back in the following week. And if that happens, we're going to have Hines obviously being a must-start. Now, it's the same thing I talked about over the summer with Hines in that he's a phenomenal pick late in drafts because... He's going to give you, especially in, like, PPR leagues. Remember, that's where he has most of his value. Um, But he's a phenomenal pick just because, like, he'd have value, you know, especially in those weeks where they're trailing. He's going to rack up a lot of receptions. But he's not some, like, top five running back if Jonathan Taylor goes down. You're not just taking all the carries that Taylor got and being like, look, Hines has 20 carries and seven targets now as a projection. That's not going to happen. I'll do out the full projections tomorrow, but I would expect him to be more in, like, the low teens for carries to have, you know, a heavy target share, and that's why he'd be super valuable, uh, but not someone that's like, oh, look, he's, you know, a top five running back this week, but again, he'd still be a must-start. He should still be rostered everywhere. After Hines, you are looking at Brian Robinson. I would honestly guess that, like, 30 to 40% of the people watching this video have him stashed. If you don't, And he's available. Please go after him. He's eligible to return this week. And it's looking likely that's going to happen. Now, I don't know what his exact role is going to be in week one. I guess his week one, like the first week back. I would guess that we're probably keeping him on benches in his first week. See how he looks. See how much he's involved. But I feel strongly that, you know, within the next couple of weeks, he's going to be their lead early down back with goal line opportunities. And that is obviously someone that needs to be rostered everywhere. After him, you're probably looking at Raheem Mostert. He seems to be overtaking Edmonds as the running back one for Miami. And he's even being used in the passing game. Now, the one thing that really hurts him is that Chase Edmonds is their preferred red zone weapon which is super weird because Arizona like loved him between the 20s they use him all the time there and then they pull him off the field for James Conner in the red zone and it's almost like the reverse is happening right now it's like Edmonds isn't getting that much general work between the 20s but then they're bringing him in in the red zone and he's getting plays like designed to go to him, like designed in the passing game, the running game, like they're just trying to get him the ball in the red zone. It's really, really weird how that role has flipped. Um, But regardless, Mostert is a running back that is getting, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 15. It's it's a pretty wide range, depends on the game script, but it's an average in that like maybe 12 to 14 carry range. And anyone getting that level of involvement in a good offense is, you know, someone that obviously has to be rostered everywhere after most term, I think we get into mostly the handcuffs. This section is largely dependent on not only your league size, but your bench size as well. If you're looking at a handcuff in a 10-team league with four bench spots, it's not really worth it. At that point, like, not only would it be, you know, a 10-team league, and so you're looking at, like, a lot more people on for agency, a lot more good players on for agency too, but with only four bench spots, like, you, you need those bench spots. You, you need those players to be rotating into your lineup. Handcuffs don't really rotate into your lineup. They're all there for, you know, upside. But if you're in, like, a, a 12-team league with seven bench spots and, like, two IR spots, you should be having, like, at least one to two of those bench spots for handcuffs. Players that have absolutely no value maybe right now, but if something breaks their way, you know, like a Khalil Herbert last week, you're going to have value. So my order right now for handcuffs that... You know, in general, are on free agencies right now are Madison first, Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, Mike Boone, Tyler Algier. And then I guess I didn't write him down as a player, but I guess Jalen Warren as well. I would maybe throw Warren. It's tough to, okay, it's tough to fully rank many of them because it really just comes down to who do you think gets injured. And that's not something you can fully predict because all the players I mentioned like have value I'll say Mike Boone on the list like he's not really a handcuff I just wanted to throw him in there because like you know we see uh, Javonta Williams likely gonna miss time I don't know the extent of the injury but like you know, he's ruled out immediately, he's on crutches after the game, like, he's gonna miss time, now, whether that's the rest of the season, or, like, one to two months, I don't really know at this point, but he's gonna miss time, Mike Boone, one of only, like, two running backs that really have, I I think it would be cool if uh, Denver traded for Madison, that would be really nice, um, but I guess it would be even more cool if Toronto Williams only missed, like, two weeks, but, and, and you know, if, if Williams actually misses time, it'd be nice if Madison uh, was traded for by Denver, because, like, I mean, Melvin Gordon has forgotten how to hold on to a football like Mike Boone is not good and I think that's like the larger point is that I think a lot of people are going to flock to Mike Boone this week because you know he's at least trying to use him in the passing game he stinks at it but they're trying to use him there and like it's obviously a good offense I know they performed pretty bad to start the year but it's still a good offense if, if you're gonna have a running back on the field there. They're worth rostering. I just want to caution everyone and say, like, Mike Boone's not that good of a player. There's still a chance they bring someone else in. And hey, who knows? Maybe Javante Williams doesn't miss a significant amount of time. That's hopefully what happens. But, you know, it doesn't look great for him. But yeah, I wanted to mention uh, Mike Boone there. Um, Yeah, again, among this list, it's like you've got Madison as the very clear handcuff to Dalvin Cook. And someone who, like I kind of alluded to, is theoretically a handcuff to many high end running backs. If there's a team in week like seven, eight, nine that is really in a like a push to make the playoffs, maybe go for the Super Bowl, and I suffer like a season long injury to the running back, Madison is probably the top player people want to trade for. And so he's got that level of upside there. Rashad White giving him more snaps, I think he had what, five catches, fifty yards this week. Uh so getting more snap. He was in for like two full drives, like they just gave him a full drive. Um Fournette, I wouldn't say has been bad but he hasn't done anything to where it's like can't you know go to these backups and Rashad White's obviously the handcuff and then if Fournette got hurt I mean Rashad White is like a a must start every week so um, I would say those are the top two and then I would throw like Pacheco and Jalen Warren I would say probably into like the same tier of backup both definitely need an injury neither one of them's just going to purely take over but Pacheco looks really really good he's commanding more and more work he would be phenomenal if Clyde got hurt and then Warren Warren looks phenomenal. Like, Warren looks like a really good running back. If anything, he looks better than uh, Najee Harris looks right now. He'll never take over unless Harris gets hurt, but Harris could get hurt. So you'd have more in there. And then Algier, just kind of want to close off with him. Um, he has, what, 84 rushing yards on like 10 carries or something like that this last week. Um, that's just like a weird situation because you have Patterson like injured to enter the week. Uh, wasn't 100%, uh, was used more at the beginning of the game, not as much at the end of the game. Like, clearly banged up. But Patterson's still like their number one and then you've got Algier this rookie who you know has a little bit of unknown we don't always know with rookies exactly how good they are maybe he's gonna end up being really good uh he wasn't like a high-end prospect he's not someone I'm super you know excited about and best case scenario this is still the Falcons it's not that good of a team and then um he's never gonna be like the guy Unless Patterson gets hurt, Patterson will always have a role. Maybe it won't be as the one to close the season, but it'll be a role. And they still have like Huntley. like They still have like other running backs. They're just going to kind of throw in there. And so the upside isn't that high with Algier. So I would definitely put him last among this list. Uh, and again, Boone and Algier, are just not players I'm like super excited about this week. Uh, but ones that like have more value than last week. So we definitely need to be talking about them. So. Let's move on to the wide receivers this week. Um, a lot of names, uh, very few that matter. I would say that like at this point in the season, we kind of just know who the high-end prospects are. Um, the ones that really matter this week are the same ones as last week. It's Romeo Dobbs and it's George Pickens. If they're available in your league, you just need to be rostering them at this point. Dobbs available in 54% of ESPN leagues, only 25% of sleeper leagues. If you play in one of those leagues, like, again, you have to add them. I'll go through the rest season rankings whenever I get the data from this next week, but it'll be like either later tonight or into like tomorrow morning. But know that like there's a chance that moving forward, he's just a must start every week. I mean, he's probably going to come in with like a low to mid 20s percent target share on the Packers that you're starting a player like that every week. He even had another good game this week playing against the Patriots, really good defense, and he dropped, like, what was it, like a 50-yard touchdown. Could have had a monster week. So he's been performing really well. Again, he's tied to Aaron Rodgers. You have to have him. And then Pickens, available in 62% of ESPN leagues, 42% of sleeper leagues. He's not on that same caliber as Dobbs, but he could be by the end of the season. Like, right now, he's obviously not a must-start. He's only had the one good game, but... If he could like keeps commanding targets like this, he's gonna be really good. He had six for one oh two this last week. Uh four for seventy-one of that came in the second half of the game with Pickett. If Pickett, you know, can elevate this offense even to like an average passing offense that Trubisky just wasn't capable of doing, that's going to benefit George Pickens. And also, um, Trubisky just like didn't like Pickens or something. I don't know what it was, but he wouldn't throw to him even when he was open. Like I said, kind of with um Zach Wilson last week certain quarterbacks just prefer different players. It is totally possible that Pickett just prefers Pickens. Now, we don't know if that's the case, but he's a supremely high-end talent. He's getting the looks right now. Looks will come deep downfield in the red zone. He's a very, very good player. You just you have to be rostering him if he's available. After those two, I think it's a drop down, but I think the next one you're looking at is is Michael Gallup available? Uh, we talked about him last week as well. Recovering from his injury, finally being eligible to play this week. Um, actually played a lot of snaps in his first week back. And while, you know, he didn't have like high target share wasn't some target hog, you wouldn't expect that in his first game, like for them to come out and like pepper him with 10 targets in his first week back would be weird. Like I'd be, that'd be very unexpected to happen, but he's going to be used heavily in the red zone. He's going to gain more confidence each week. They're going to use him more each week. So, I mean, he should be rostered in probably like 80 plus percent of leagues. And it's not even like close to that right now after those three. I think it's another drop down and you're more at flyers. You're at players who have definite upside could really, you know, in, in a few weeks, we could be looking back and being like, wow, can't ev- like imagine how they were available on free agency. But right now, there's still a lot of unknowns. So I would say it's Christian Watson. It's Wandell Robinson, Kadarius Toney, uh, Rondell Moore, Duvernay Skymore. And Josh Reynolds. I would say that's like the list of players that you're kind of looking at this week. Watson is probably first just because he's got that elite draft capital. He is tied to Aaron Rodgers, though it looks like Dobbs is like clearly separated as the one. Watson is still a deep threat. He's still a player they want to get involved. He'll still, I think, you know, from this point on, I think it's pretty clear it's Lazard. Dobbs and Watson as the three best receivers I know that Rogers has something with uh, Randall Cobb like he's just in love with him but like they're going to use Watson there's just things that Watson can do that Cobb is just not capable of Uh, and so he's going to be involved he should still be owned as well Um, Wandell and Tony you know each a lot of upside in their return I've talked about Tony being a player you didn't really need to own in previous weeks um as these injuries start to pile up like you've got Shepard tearing the ACL you've got Galladay just being unbelievably terrible and then also leaving with a knee injury we don't know the extent of that but like if you were to tell me that Wandell and Tony were to return next week they're just so clearly the best two receivers in the roster that at this point even if Tony is in the doghouse they have no choice but to play him like they just don't have anyone now bad offense uh want to be run heavy offense quarterback injuries, like they were going like Wildcat at times last week. So it's not a good situation. But even like if we go back to like Wandale, it's a first round rookie with no talent on the wide receiver core right now. Like that should just be someone you're rostering, even if it's just for the upside. There's no you know guarantee they're gonna break out, but they have no one. They they need talent. Um placed Rondell Moore after these two when talking about it, I think they're interchangeable. If you like Rondell Moore uh, a little bit more than like those other two from the Giants. Like that's totally fine to move him up, take him as well. He played a ton of snaps in his first week back, which is very, very encouraging. I was expecting him to kind of like rotate in with um, Dortch, but he didn't. He basically just took over. He was getting a ton of snaps. Now a bit of, of unknown here. Like when we have Hopkins return, you're probably going to have um, Hollywood and Hopkins on the outside with Rondell on the inside in the slot. Um, Now, that's fine because they're going to use a ton of three wide receiver sets, but it's obviously going to limit his snaps overall. Um, But you could see a situation where like defense is like, okay, well, we have to account for Hollywood on the outside. We can't leave him alone. We can't leave him with like no safety help. And Hopkins, like as a player, we might want to double team like we need to also pay attention to him. And so you're going to see Rondell Moore with like all single coverage, uh, linebacker coverage at times. And so he'll be a player that. Even if he's not getting 10 targets, he's getting end arounds. He's getting screen passes. He's going to be open at times, deep down field. And so he's a player you want to roster. This offense is going to look better when they add Hopkins. Uh, It's just that effect that having, you know, an alpha wide receiver added to an offense just makes everyone better, makes everyone's job easier. But that being said, there's still unknown of how many targets is, you know, Rondell really going to get every week. We don't know, but I'm rostering right now in my 12 team league because I like the upside there. After him, go to Duvernay. um, Could get some extra looks if Bateman is forced to miss any time. I don't think Bateman misses anything, but again, it's Monday. We don't really even learn about some of these injuries until like Wednesday, even on like Thursday, Friday is when we truly start to know. I think Bateman's going to be fine, but like, you know, just monitor this. I think I have Duvernay in my 16 team league. I would say in a 14 team league, you should add him. I'd say in a 12 team league. We're starting to look at, like, okay, do you just have a bunch of bench spots? Like, for those of you in, you know, 12-team leagues with five bench spots, Duvernay's not someone you really need to be considering unless you're in, like, an ultra-competitive league and there's no one on free agency. Um, Same kind of goes for Sky Moore, although I'll say, and you can actually throw, like, um, Khalil Shakir into this mix as well. Like, Sky Moore and Shakir are just players who, you know, 12-team league, five bench spots, eh, like, they don't have any production right now. No one's really looking at them. Don't need to do it. 14-team league, 16-team league, look at those two. And then also, like, if you've got, you know, seven, eight bench spots, you know, these are players that could see their role expanded. I think they want to get Sky Moore on the field more. It's not like MVS or Harbin have done anything to say, oh, can't, you know, bench them. Like, Sky Moore should probably be their second-best wide receiver right now. I think he gets more looks. And then Shakir, um, McKenzie got hurt, Crowder got hurt if both those miss. Shakir's a good player. He'll see time. But again, neither one of those are, like, priority ads uh, and the final one i said was josh reynolds really good week this last week but you know motor st brown out swift out Chark out like jameson williams out right now you know if we look in like four weeks all those players could be back right now and reynolds is just like on free agency so if all of them remain out this next week because they want to hold them out and then have the buy reynolds would be another like spot start but other than that i mean he'll have no value after that it's head end four names three of them the same as last week David Njoku, Gerald Everett, Tyler Conklin. We don't need to go over them. I've talked about them. I, I think like every single week at this point, you should be rostering all of them. All of them have value and Njoku the most. Everett second, although I'll say, um, I think it's Parm is returning soon. Uh, they're giving like Trey McKinney snaps. So I'd say Everett's getting a little bit lucky with his production right now. He looks great. He's going to be used, but they're going to have other tight ends rotate in soon. So he's not going to like maintain all of this value all season. Uh, and then Conklin... Playing a ton getting targets, but it's it's the Jets, right? Like, and they also have really good wide receivers. So Njoku's first, and all of them should be rostered, but that's the order I would place them in. And I'll just throw in uh, Greg Dulich or Dulcich. I don't know if you pronounce the C after the L. Someone let me know. Um, he should be returning soon. I don't know if it's this week or the next week. Uh, but Alberto played like one snap. Alberto's not being used. Uh, we don't want to rely on rookie tight ends in fantasy. But if you're in a deeper league, if you're in a tight end premium league, uh, that is a good name to go after because, I mean, it seems like there's no real competition for him to step in and have a pretty solid role in the offense. For quarterback streaming, we got three names in week five. Trevor Lawrence versus the Jaguars. We've got Jameis Winston versus the Seahawks. And then on the other side, uh, Geno Smith at the Saints. Lawrence had an awful game this last week, but most, if not all of that, can be blamed on not having... uh, zay jones terrible weather at philly like just a terrible situation for everything there uh we were hoping this game would pop off for our parlay uh, we hit on like a few of them but the weather ended up being a little bit uh, unfortunate there and then you know when you can like you know the weather with the four fumbles like the jaguars are not going to fumble four times and i think they actually fumbled a few more times than that and then like recovered it like Trevor Lawrence isn't going to botch all these snaps. He's not going to fumble every time he gets sacked. Like it was just, you know, the weather was tough. You know, you can't do anything with that. Um, Long term, really like this offense. I have a lot of confidence in him moving forward. Uh, Probably a player that many people aren't going to think about in a 12-team league. But I think as we move forward in the next like one to two months, he's going to be someone that in a 12-team league, you are considering starting every week in like most matchups. Because this is an offense that wants to throw the ball. It is a good offense. No matter what we saw this last week, it's a good offense. And so, like, of, you know, these three, I'd say he's the more longer-term play. And someone you can definitely still stream this week. Uh, Then Winston, good matchup, obviously, against Seattle. Seattle giving up the fifth most passing yards per game this year. They just gave up, what, 45 points this last week. Uh, Saints have no issue throwing the ball. Plenty of weapons for Winston. Obviously, you'd prefer Kamara to come back, Michael Thomas to come back. So, kind of watch that. But, you know, if Winston can return from his injury and all these other players can come back, oh, it's a smash spot for him. And then finally, Geno Smith playing really well. You've got that rushing upside. Um, Obviously, like, you know, it's weird that Seattle is, like, letting Geno cook almost. Um, But, like, he's been playing well. They are playing a little bit uh, of a faster pace. Their defense is bad, so they're forced to throw the ball. And you know what? They've got Lockett. They've got Metcalf. Like, they have players who are still very good. I think most teams would be very pleased if they could trade their wide receiver core for Lockett and Metcalf. So he's a streaming option. Absolutely. It's not a good matchup, but it's, you know, fine enough that if you need someone, he's available. And then finally, defense streaming options. Well, finally, before we go over the drop of players, Eagles at the Cardinals this week, Dolphins at the Jets, Vikings at the Bears, and then Patriots or Vikings versus the Bears. And then Patriots at home versus the Lions. Someone asked me last week if there was a defense that you could just start every week. You know, that no matter the matchup, you weren't streaming because some people just don't like streaming defense. And my answer was, honestly, it's only the Eagles. The Eagles are the only defense in the league right now to where I don't care who they're playing. You're starting them in fantasy. And if you have them, which... Many of you do. I rank them really highly this year, and like on ESPN, they were like the 20th ranked defense or something stupid. Like I think they were like top six or seven in the rankings. They're really high. They have them in two of the three leagues. They're on free agency in some leagues, which is absolutely nuts. So if they're out there, that is the only defense that you can go out say, okay, throw them in the defense spot. We're good all year. Now obviously there'll be some matchups where it's like. You know, maybe they're like the seventh or eighth best defense in a week because they're playing just a really, really good team with a good offensive line. It's not gonna be as good starting them, but you could in any matchup still start the Eagles. Aside from that, no, you have to stream defense every week. Like there will be defenses that every week are gonna get you like, you know, five at the worst and they're still gonna be good, but you're gonna perform better overall if you're streaming defense because there's gonna be someone on free agency that you can still go out and you can add, and they're probably going to get you closer to like 9 or 10 points, and it's better to do that than stick with like a good defense and a brutal matchup and hope for 5. So I hope that makes sense, but again, Eagles the only one. Uh, But Dolphins, Vikings, and Patriots are the three that are available in most leagues that you should go out and get this week for streaming. Final thing we'll go over today is the players I would be fine dropping. Again, please just refer to the rest of the season rankings on Tuesday. You can see the timestamp when it's updated. Uh, Because every league is different, different league sizes, different like bench sizes, different competitiveness. And so I would much rather you just look at that and be like, oh, this player is ranked 127th. Someone on free agency is ranked 80th. Drop the 127 for the player who's ranked 80th instead of just listening to some like generic list that I have. But the players I would be fine dropping in most general leagues are Justin Fields, James Cook. Rex Burkhead, Kenneth Gainwell, Jarek McKinnon, Julio, Russell Gage, Landry, Robbie Anderson, Joshua Palmer, Marvin Jones, Michael Hardman, Greg Dortch, Kenny Galladay, Mike Isicchi, Cole Kament, Noah Fant, Irv Smith, and Albert O. So that'll do it for the week five we have our video. Again, you can see my exact order for all these players on the website. And again, please just look at the rest of rankings when they drop tomorrow add players who are higher in the rest of these rankings than ones on your bench. I'll be back Wednesday to go over the top trade targets this week. Please, 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 you guys all have deep benches, be trading. Thursday, running back starts, sits. Friday, wide receiver starts and sits. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, have a hang the like button, and have a subscribing to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.